Welcome back, guys. On today's show, where am I not allowed to put barbecue sauce and the real reason why we listen to podcasts and who is not allowed hospitals to use tainted blood in their child and how long does it actually take to make box macaroni and cheese? All this and much, much more will be discussed here on Deacon Live. How are you? How are things? How are things going? Are you doing okay? Are you getting along with everyone? Is everyone okay in your life? Everything's okay in my life so far? Things could change on a dime or a hat, uh, as they say here on the French. Now, we broadcast just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, a beautiful little town we like to call Marshville. And make sure you follow us on your YouTube channel for every podcast we do. We also have a matching video as well. Hi. And uh, make sure you like and subscribe to us over there. And for all your social links, go over to Profit Radio, P-R-O-P-H-E-T Radio, and click on social contacts and... Find all the links that links us to you and you to us as well. Now, I have told a couple weeks ago, last week, week before, I have been going to the doctor now. Now that uh, the bands have been lifted, sort of, everything is allowed to go somewhat back to functioning normal. I had to go to the doctor. I say I had to go. I wanted to go and get my back checked out because it was bothering me. So, went through the whole thing and the doctor... Sign me up. Recommendation. Uh, referral, I guess is the word I'm looking for, to go get an MRI. So I had an MRI done the other day. I This is the first one I've ever had. I've had full body scans as far as x-rays and all that, but that's basically you're just laying on a table and they're taking pictures of you, you know, <laughs> sensual pictures of you. But I've never had an MRI. And you always hear horror stories about, uh, well, you hear stories about both sides on the fence, whether the the experience was good, the experience was bad, uh, whatever. So in my mind, the way my mind works, function, the way it's wired, yeah, I always think about all the bad ones. I never, oh, you had a good experience? I, I don't care about you. Tell me tell me all the stuff that goes wrong. It's the same equivalent as far as when you're reading reviews on something you're going to buy, skip all the five-star ones. You know, okay, we got it, five stars. Tell me what you didn't like about the product. And let me see if that matches my beliefs as far as what I would want out of a product. Same thing with MRI. What were the bad experiences? Well, the first thing they say is what? It's a claustrophobic. It's small. It's a small, tight little area. Second of all, they say it's loud. It's noisy. And third of all, it's boring, I guess, for the most part. If you can be alone in a tube that's literally inches from your face for 10 to 15 minutes at a time, you're fine. MRIs are good for you. Now, there are different MRIs that they have that are open MRIs. There's different MRIs that are closed. They only focus on one part of your body, whether it be your knee, your leg, a hip, or something, some kind of limb you can just stick in there and they can just look at it that way. My MRI was a full body scan. So God knows what they found, you know, after, after that. But what people don't tell you is the noises. I mean, they say, yes, it, it does get loud. Yes, it does get, and you're like, oh, well, what noise is it? Well, it makes a lot of beeping and a lot of, you know, this kind of noise and that kind of noise. Nobody really tells you what the noise is. So this is a, hold on, we switch screens here. So this is what it actually sounds like. Now, this isn't the one that I took, but I found this uh, audio sample online that kind of gave about what the sound sounded like in an MRI, so it's going to freak a lot of people out that's got PTSD because of this. So hold on, here we go. So that's one sound. That's another sound. And then that one, kind of annoying. And it just keeps going on and on and on. And then mine had a whole bunch of other sounds like... And how are you supposed to stay calm and not move at all when you've got all these sounds that as a child growing up, these are all like warning sounds. When you hear these sounds, your body wants to jerk, wants to flee, wants to flight, you know, fight or flight type deal. And you hear all these sounds and you're like going, well, what do we need all these sounds for? Why don't we have some kind of... Can't they just play like music and stuff? Well, I kind of dove a little bit more into it and I found this video here and I'm going to actually switch screens here so you can see this video as we're talking about it here on the show. So here we go. This is uh, what makes some of the sounds in an MRI, just so anyone out there has got one coming up here soon, or if you've been through it, or, or you just don't know what to expect. This is what's going on inside. What we most often receive is what makes MRI scans so loud. An MRI scan consists of a symphony of sounds working together to produce crisp, clear images of the anatomy. While there are many different noises that can be heard during an MRI scan, there are two main components that make the loud noises in MRI. 
MRI sounds begin as a small RF source signal of less than 5 volts produced by the exciter assembly in the MRI system's cabinet. The radio frequency pulse makes its way to the RF cabinet where the signal is amplified and directed into the RF coil. You may notice the MRI sounds of one machine may sound different from another. That's because the operating frequency and RF power output required varies according to the strength of the magnetic field. As a good rule of thumb, higher magnetic field requires more RF output at a higher operating frequency. The RF coil inside the MRI scanner acts as a speaker and transmits the amplified RF signal at the angle prescribed by the MRI technology. So essentially what they're doing is they're bouncing sounds off of your body and through your body, and the magnetic waves in the actual MRI is picking these up. So that's, you know, I wish I would have known that. I wouldn't have been scared shitless. I wasn't scared. Come on. I wasn't scared. But here, here's what got me. Went into the waiting room. It was a Sunday afternoon, which was weird. They're open seven days a week, I guess. And I, yeah, I'll be in there Sunday. I'll go in there. Me and my wife go in there. My wife and I go in there. Sit down. We're the only ones in there. Great. Perfect. <laughs> no pressure at all. Fill out the little paperwork. Uh, are you allergic to this? Do you have this? You know, conditions of this. Turn it in. You, you would think that doctor would have sent all this over <laughs> since it's in the same goddamn building. So guy comes up. He's got a mask on because everyone wears masks in these in these facilities and i said can my wife come back there with me you know because i'm a pussy <laughs> and he goes no he goes i i would let her there's no she's not allowed to be in the room with the mri machine and there's no room for me or for her in the room with me i said okay babe well, i'll be out love you <laughs> maybe never see you again in my mind i'm thinking of all the different horror movies where you've seen someone that's that forgot that it had some kind of metal in them and the mri machine because it's a huge magnet it just kind of rips <laughs> everything out of them and, and they're dead so i'm sitting there in my mind going well you know growing up in my adolescent years i had a bunch of piercings and i wonder if now <laughs> not that i have forgotten about any of them i mean they're all out on the outside of my body but i always think about stuff like that and then i go okay one of the questions was do you have any kind of like dentures or anything like that and i'm like well, well i have a bridge right here i don't know what they put in that bridge they didn't tell me they just go bing 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 here's your bridge you're done is that going to rip out of my mouth am i going to see the t my teeth on the top of the friggin machine here on the inside of this thing bleeding and all these different things are going through my mind so I'm like, all right, babe, you know, I take all my rings off just because I'm thinking of all this metal stuff. So I go in the back room there and the technician guy goes, all right, take your belt off if you got one. All right, take my belt off. He's like, do you have any jewelry or anything? I'm like, no. He goes, okay, come on in. And I'm like, uh, what? I'm wearing jeans. I go, what about the rivets and the zippers? Nah, they'll be all right. So is it a myth that it rips stuff off of your body and stuff. Cause I'm thinking, you know, MRI machines, you've seen the, the spy movies where they turn it on and the guns go flying across the room and they stick to the machine. How come my zipper <laughs> easy fellas, <laughs> how come my zipper and the rivets on my blue jeans didn't rip off my pants and stick to the ceiling. Here's another thing that kind of freaked me out as we're walking back in this, it's a long hallway. It's a long hallway because we're shuffling our feet. It's probably a 10 foot hallway, but he's just shoveling his feet, asking me questions and he's flipping through the paperwork and he goes, Oh, it looks like Jennifer, your nurse practitioner, uh, wanted to do a contra contradiction injection or some kind of injection in me. And I go, okay, well, she didn't tell me that. Well, do you have any quorums with it? I go, well, what is that involved? He goes, we inject a dye in you to get oh, contrast, contrast injection. We inject a dye into you and, and we take another scanning with the dye in and with the dye out. I go, okay, you got any problems with that? And I'm like, well, I mean, where are you putting it? You know, not where are you putting it? Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, I have no problems with it. Are you? And he kept going, are you sure? Are you sure you have no problem with it? And I'm like going, well, hold on, dude. Now, now I am kind of unsure. You know, what kind of needle are you sticking me with? I mean, is it like a size of a chopstick? You just putting it in one side of my vein and draining it out the other side? Like I'm a cadaver of some sort? He's like, oh, no, no, no. It's called a butterfly needle. It's the smallest needle they ever make. Are you sure you want to do this? I'm like going, yeah, that's fine. I have no problems with needles. <laughs> Let's go. So went through the machine one time, 15 minutes, came back out. It's weird. You, you try to sit perfectly still. And what, is, and what does your mind say to do? Don't move. And what does your body want to do? Move. So it's, I'm being as still as I possibly can. And when I come back, I'll dive into when he put the uh, injection in my body and what happened there. Stick around. You're listening to Deacon Live right here on Profit Radio. I'll be right back.
Profit Radio. Profit Radio. Now what? Oh. The ladies really dig these things. Hi. You know what I mean. Hi. And I think you do. Profit. Starting at one. Rock music. Are. The best rock, rock music. Primer. Uh-oh. Getting you ready. Monday through Friday. To wrap up your day. Hey guys, it's the Deacon. Are you conscious or unaware of how you think? Being unaware, as in therefore literally not knowing any better when you instinctively act to a certain situation, not understanding who can be hurt in this process. For example, do you taste the food? Do you mechanically chew it and swallow it? Do you stop and feel gratitude for the numerous hands and cleaning and packaging and stocking your meal on the shelves so you can put it on your plate? If you've had these questions or doubts in your mind, There's a new book out by Flora Smith called Living Consciously in a Zombie Apocalypse. The Kingdom of Heaven is in You. You can find this book free on Kindle or purchase it in paperback or hardback forms on Amazon.com. That's Living Consciously in a Zombie Apocalypse by Flora Smith. This violates every canon of respectable broadcast. And um, this whole this whole political thing has just pretty much destroyed my relationship with this awesome woman I'm with. You're listening to that explains a lot. Deacon Mike. Deacon Mike. Welcome back to Deacon Live. You want to be heard? Of course you want to be heard. We'd love to hear from you. And the way you can be part of the show, you can do that at any given time. Just go over to Profit Radio, P-R-O-P-H-E-T Radio. Click on the Be Heard section. It's a little blue bar, a little tab. It's got a little microphone on it. It says Be Heard. Click on that. Opens up a microphone on whatever device you're listening to us at. And you can speak right into your phone, your tablet, whatever. Uh, comes right to our inbox. We'll play it on this podcast or the very next podcast as well. And we have a catalog of over seven years of shows. And follow us on our social networks as well, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. I have been doing a little bit of Instagram. I, I made fun of them last week. So uh, I did post a couple things on Instagram. And we've been slowly getting on TikTok. I think we have a whopping right now, because I just started the account. I think I got a whopping like 300 and some odd followers. So we're out there doing our thing, trying to keep up with you guys as well. Now, trying to keep up with me is this whole MRI thing and, and the technician that was telling me that, uh, you know, once I go in the MRI, don't move. So, of course, your mind sits there and goes, don't move, don't move, don't move. And your body wants to go, I want to do this. <laughs> I want to do this. I want to wiggle. I want to wiggle. Now, if you ever seen the schematics of what an MRI actually does, there's a whole lot of magnetic fields like swarming around in and out of the machine. I'm, I'm laying there and I've got this little what they call a sheet. It's the equivalent of like tissue paper on my arms just because it does get a little cold in there. They they use liquid hydrogen, liquid helium. They do all this stuff to keep the machine nice and cool. And I swear I'm laying there as calm as calm can be. And I've got a little button in my hand, you know, a get out of jail free card is what he says. If you pass or pass out or if you want to get out of this thing, just hit the button. The machine shuts off. It shoots you out like a freaking bullet out of a shotgun. No, it just brings you out of the machine so you can sit there and, and recoup yourself. But I, I was laying there, and I could feel my legs like atrophy. My muscles wanted to go, you know, and I'm doing my hands as my feet, if you're watching me on the video here. So my feet were just sitting there, and my legs would go, just a little twitch, a little twitch, a little muscle contraction. And then I started thinking, okay, if that's happening, I'm not thinking about it. You ever had those sleep jumps when you're sleeping and then all of a sudden your body just goes, yeah, <laughs> I'm afraid that's going to happen. So I'm worried about my bridge being ripped out of my mouth, the zipper of my jean being ripped out of my mouth, my legs with atrophy or, or twitching back and forth. I'm going to do this nervous wiggle jump and this guy's going to stick me with a die with a, what he calls a butterfly needle. So we get to that point, 15 minutes in the, in the oven, <laughs> in the machine, and then they pull me back out. And he goes, okay, we're getting ready to do the injection. Are you okay? Now, granted, he did give me earplugs because the machine is horribly loud, 100 and some odd decibels at, at some time. So I'm like, what? Pull the earplugs out. He's like, we're going to do the injection. So I kind of roll over on my side. I'm thinking he's going to give it to me in my back because that's where the problem is. You want to get the ink dye where the problem is. He goes, no, 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 I'll just give it into your arm. I'm like, well, how long does it take to get down there? He goes, almost instantly. I'm like, okay, no problem. He's like, right or left arm. I said, it doesn't matter. I said, I just had blood drawn on my right arm last week. Go ahead and do the right arm. 
So he's like, all right, I'm sorry. And he kept going, I'm sorry. And, and I'm like thinking, dude, shut up. Your, <laughs> your sorries are making me panic. So he ties my arm off and he's like, you know, vein, looking for a vein. He's smacking, squeeze, finally gets it in there. And it's, and it is, it's the smallest needle I've ever felt in my arm. Not even, a, it felt like a, it felt like nothing actually. He gets it in and he's like, okay, it's in. And then he goes, oh, it's blue. <laughs> and I go, it's blue or it blue. Oh, I got to try it again. And I'm like, okay. And so he starts unwrapping the contraption, you know, the rubber band thing and, and starts pulling out all this tape in a panic. Now, I could see him out of the corner of my eye because I'm laying on this flatbed gurney contraption thing, which is also awesome for your back, by the way. No, it's not. So I'm sitting there and he goes, oh, oh, I, I apologize. And I'm like going, dude, what, what are you doing to me? I, I have to I have to stick you again. I'm like, oh, OK, that's fine. <laughs> do what you got to do. I'm going to do the other arm. I'm so sorry. I have to do the other arm. I'm like going, dude, relax. You apologizing like the <laughs> you ripped my arm off. It's freaking me out. So he does the whole cotton ball and the tape on the one arm and goes over to the other arm. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I have to do this again. I, I apologize. I'm like, okay, got it, guy. He's like, your wife's going to be so mad at me. I had to stick you twice. First of all, my wife has never said, don't let him, <laughs> you know, when you walk into there, don't let him stick you more than once. That, this is bullshit. <laughs> like, that's on the paperwork. Do you mind me sticking twice? No, do not. No one cares. Get it done. Let's get the ink in me. Let's get this ball rolling. So he sticks the thing in me. Other arm goes just fine. And I go, okay. So I said, so how does this, how does this work? He goes, you'll feel nothing. There, you know, um, you know, mind altering things. You're not going to feel dizzy, nothing. He's like, you'll never even know what's in your body. In my mind, I know what's in my body. I go, and my uh, discharge and everything, urine, feces, is, am I going to see like this big black <laughs> pile of poo or uh, am I going to pee like purple, purple rain coming out? And he's like, no, no. He's like, it's so little, you'll never see it. I'm like, okay. Fine, great. Just wanted to know. I'm not worried about it. I just want to know what to expect. I don't want to go home. Then you forgot to say, oh, by the way, Deacon, when you go to take a pee, it's going to be neon purple. Or if you take a dump, it's going to be blacker than soot coal. And I freak out and pass out in the toilet and all that. And anyway, so everything was fine. Went in there five more minutes in the Easy Bake Oven and uh, pulled me out. He's like, all right. I go, how'd I do? He goes, great. He's like, you didn't move one bit in my mind. I could feel my body moving. But anyway, so <laughs> MRI's done. Uh, I should get the results. Uh, well, I got the results in about 24 hours. I don't want to look at them. I'll let my doctor look at them. My wife's like, oh, no, get online because you can see all your stuff online. I'm like, babe, if I look at them, I'm going to see cancer clusters all over. My doctor's going to look at them and goes, look at these perfectly healthy cells. So I don't need to worry myself as far as looking at something where I'm nowhere trained or nowhere impartial as far as what I'm actually looking at. Let the professional look at it. Let me let them tell me, and then I won't have to be a ball of nerves when I go to bed at night. How about that? Can we do that? Can we do that for me, please? You already sucked me twice. I'm surprised you're not mad about that. <laughs> All right, guys, when we get back, I'm going to take a short little break. When we get back, I'm going to talk about how to win over friends and why you actually listen to this podcast. And I know a secret. And you probably do too by now. Stick around. You're listening to Deacon Live right here on Profit Radio. I'll be right back. Hey guys, make sure you like us on Facebook. That's Facebook forward slash Profit Radio. Hey guys, it's Sadiqan, and I don't want you to miss out on this opportunity right now. The Outreach Programs of America has partnered up with the ACP to provide free tablets that come with a free Wi-Fi for five years. There's a one-time activation fee of $11, and then the tablet is yours forever. They've teamed up with Android and T-Mobile to bring some of the best tablets in the market to you, valued at $150. Here's some of the ways that you may qualify to receive these tablets. If you have a Pell Grant, SNAP, EBT, or medical assistance, visit them over on Linktree at Tablets411. That's one word. Tablets F O R 1 1 right now to get your tablets today. Only one tablet per person. Get them now before they're all gone, before the holiday season. You're listening to That Explains a Lot. Deacon Live. Deacon Live. Deacon Live. You're wondering who I am. Secret, secret, I've got a secret. Machine or man. Secret, secret, I've got a 
Welcome back to Deacon Live. You want something for free? Well, we'll give you something for free, but you got to do me a favor. You got to go over to Profit Radio, P R O P H E T Radio. Click on the free sag, free sag, free swag section. And uh, fill out the little form there. I'm not going to do anything with your email address. I just want to say thank you for listening to us, for sharing us. Uh, we'll send you out some magnets. I got some pretty cool 4x4 magnets you can put on your refrigerator. Uh, I got some stickers for your car. I got a whole bunch of stuff out there, buttons, pins. Uh, I think I got a couple hats left and things like that. So just fill out the little form there. Uh, basically, I just need email address, not email address. I just need a, a physical address to send you out just to say thank you. And uh, for all our listeners overseas, it might take a little bit longer for me to get to you, uh, but I'll get it out there. Don't worry, nonetheless. Now, you guys have been listening to podcasts. This podcast started many, many years ago. Uh, Actually, at one form or another, it started back in 1999 before podcasts were even started. I've been doing radio since uh, 98, actually. I had a chance to do my own show in 99 on an AM station that went over to FM station later on. And then the internet took a big burst. Uh, Internet hit. Uh, Podcasts weren't really looked at as far as entertainment or feasible media for people to listen to. And over the last 10 to 15 years, it's really taken off. People are seeing and and putting a lot of production values into podcasts. Uh, And there's also, it gives you an avenue to listen to a, a bunch of different ideas without having the FCC get involved. And I think that's the most important thing. Uh, I can say, you know, the seven deadly words. I try not to say them too much. Uh, I know that some parents listen to this in their car ride. I had a listener the other day. He emailed me and, you know, said, I really enjoyed the show. Appreciate it very much. I listened to it on my way back from Virginia, coming back here to North Carolina. I'm like, great. Appreciate, you know, you listening. And this guy's been listening to the show uh, since we've moved up here to North Carolina. Now I've been in North Carolina here since 2014. Uh, born and raised in Orlando, Florida. Just give me an idea on the background of the Deacon Live show. Now, the Deacon Live shows take on, on several different names, and, and this is its current name right now. You ask Deacon Live where we get the name from. Deacon is, uh, I worked in nightclubs back in 98, 99, when uh, the whole rave scene was going on. Uh, worked in a couple naughty bars, for lack of a better term. And the DJ before me, his name just a name that he had was called Reverend Bud, you know, DJ Reverend Bud, B-U-D. And it's kind of weird that people kind of throw their own name in there. It's, I don't know, I think it's kind of cheesy. But he, one day or one night I was taken over, uh, he opened up for me and I, I was taken over the show. And when I say DJ, I'm talking like music, like house music, like, you know, trap music and all that stuff, uh, raves and stuff. And uh, he said, here comes the deacon. And the name just took, or the name just took, and it stuck. It stuck and tuck. And uh, I've I've been known on the radio for a while as the Deacon. Now, a lot of people out there will, you know, Google search Deacon, and unfortunately, it's it's so diluted out there with all the different. You start getting into religious things. You start getting into uh, Dan Deacon out there. I know I've got a lot of stuff asking me when I'm coming to town to perform at their you know art center. I'm like going, I don't think you got the right guy. But nonetheless, Deacon Live is is. Uh, the name of the show. And the reason why we call it Deacon Live is because it's recorded live here in the studio. What you hear is what you get. Um, we do shrink it down for uh, time. Sometimes I get a little long on a, on a couple of my rants and stuff, but basically it's unscripted. Uh, I pull a couple news articles from your media sources, some news articles that you haven't been, you know, Im- impounded on your head over and over and over during the week. And we kind of pick through those and, and basically just give you like the lighter side, a lighter conversation of things going on. Now we do get a little bit dark when dark needs to be light shed on. So sometimes we do that. And that's the history of Deacon Live. So this is why uh, I do the show. I appreciate all of our, our, our clients out there that we have. Uh, we hope we produce a very good product for you guys. Uh, whether you're listening to us or you're taking the time to be a part of our show, we'd, we'd love that. So that's where we're at. That's where Deacon Live is. Now, why do you listen to Deacon Live? Why do you listen to just podcasts in general? Well, unfortunately, there hasn't been really any studies that have been out there focusing on why people actually listen to podcasts until now. Studies have shown that podcast listening help people fulfill their social needs according to a recent findings published in the PLOS, PL, PLOS1. Studies have found that people who listen to more casts per month, I'm sorry, listen to more podcasts per month reportedly reported a greater, this is why you listen, <laughs> me, me struggling with news articles. I got all these lights in my face and I have a, a slight dyslexia. So I read four sentences and I put them all in different orders. So that's one of the things, hey. Behind the scene, behind the curtain here. Let's try this again. Uh, the study has found out, the study has found 
that people who listen to more podcasts per month reported a greater presence of meaning in life than those who formed parasocial relationships with hosts reported a greater sense of relatedness. I guess basically if you can connect with me, I can connect with you. Podcasts are becoming more increasingly popular around the world. These audio recordings cover a wide variety of topics such as news, education, comedy, health, and spirituality, making them appealing appealing to all kinds of personalities. And in this show, Deacon Live, we do educate comedy, health, spiritual, and news as well. So we appeal to the whole entire broadband of people. The author... Stephanie Tobin wanted to dive a little deeper into the types of people who listen to podcasts and the way they listen to them and the reasons for listening to podcasts. The researchers also wanted to study outcomes of podcast listening, suggesting that the practice may help fulfill basic psycho- psychological needs of autonomy, comp- competence, and relatedness. In the relationship to the amount of research of social media use, there wasn't much on podcast listening, explained explained Tobin. As an avid podcast listener myself, she says, I wanted to know more about who listens to podcasts and what they get out of them. I wanted to study it before everyone else was listening so I could compare the listeners to non-listeners. Tobin distributed an online questionnaire to 308 adults from various parts of the world, including the UK at 22% of them, United States at 14%, and Portugal at 14%. As well, so 308 adults is what she gets her. That's a that's a small field of representation of people who listen to podcasts. The respondents completed various personality measures like the need to belong, the need for the extent of people to like them, and being the big five personality traits. The participants were also asked if they listened to a podcast, and if they had, they were then asked various questions about their listening habits. According to the results, 78% of the participants had listened to a podcast before. Great. The participants had been listening to podcasts on an average of three years at 3.5 hours per week, which is great. When examining each person separately, participants were higher to openness to the experience, internet-based curiosity, and the need for cognition were likely to have listened to a podcast. The authors that studied this say these suggestions that people who listen to podcasts have a higher, a higher informational needs and that podcast listening likely allows them to explore new topics and engage in an effortless thinking without uh, ideas and stuff being forced down their throat. So the conclusion of the article is there are many interesting questions that Tobin, Dr. Tobin, would like to examine further. We've been looking for the different aspects of the meaning of life, purpose, coherence, and mattering in us personally as humans and how they can relate to different kinds of social engagements with podcasts. I also know that more about how different kinds of podcasts may provide different gratifications. Some podcasts seem more relational, like hosts who cover different stories each time, kind of like ours, and seem more goal-oriented, trying to solve a case like those murder things. What do people get out of each kind? If you want to read this study, Why People Listen, Motivations and Outcomes of Podcast Listening, authored by Stephanie Tobin. So you can check that out as well if you want to learn a little bit more. But, you know, nonetheless, we appreciate each and every one of you for listening to us and giving your hour a day, if not a day, however many shows that you backlogged on. Uh, Like I said, we've been doing this show for over seven years now and um, most of the I say most of the content is evergreen which means you can go back to any of it and just listen to them because it's not like George Bush was elected today you know Bill Clinton did this today you know it, it's not that type of um, time frame type media podcast that we do everything is pretty much evergreen you can listen to older shows and stuff and find out uh, what's going on and it's information that you guys can use so we appreciate that now when we come back uh, you want to have some more friends of course that's why you listen to the podcast and I'll tell you the two words that you can say to make everything okay You'll you're listening to Deacon Live right here on Profit Radio I'll be right back cause I got friends in places where the whiskey drowns and the beer chases my blues away Profit Radio has asked you to like our page. What? What am I supposed to do? Hell yes. Profit Radio has asked you to like our page. You want me to? I accept them. We at Profit Radio would love for you to like our page. What? Facebook? 
Got that one too. Yes, oh. I'm good. We yeah. at Profit Radio. Yeah, I accept that one too. We'd love for you. Holy Christ, to like honey, this is awesome. Uh, this is Shit. awesome. What? This is awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Okay, got it. Shit. Make sure you follow us on Facebook, Profit Radio. Always, always seem to find you. What you want, you don't need, cause you locked you down. So why you been... Deacon Live now presents to you another artist provided by Bentley Records. This is Flocked On Smoke with his latest song, Know That. Welcome back to Deacon Live. You want to be part of the show? Well, we'd love to hear from you. And the way you do that is to go over to Profit Radio, P-R-O-P-H-E-T Radio. Click on Be Heard. It's a little blue bar at the very bottom of the page. It has a microphone on it and uh, opens up a microphone on your device, wherever you're listening to us at. You can speak right into it. Uh, it comes right to our inbox, and we'll play it on the very next podcast as well. And you can be anonymous if you'd like. Uh, don't care if you want to say, you know... Hey, this is Duty 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 listening to you from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And you're like, all right, Duty Duty Duty, we'd love you. We'd love you. Uh, be part of the show. We'd love to hear from you. I know, I know you're out there. I see the numbers. We're all over the United States and, and several different countries overseas as well. Now, have you been in a situation where someone has said to you, you're wrong? For some of us, you know, you kind of sit back and go, okay, well, maybe I am wrong. But some of us, like myself, goes, well, who are you to determine whether I'm right or wrong? Not that I'm in an argumentative state, but I always ask myself, what makes you, you know, judge, jury, and executioner on the way I decide or I feel about things? And I think right now with everything that's going on, I told you we don't get too political on the show, but I think everything that's going on right now, you have a lot of people out there that are saying, you know, you're wrong on all aspects of, you know, politics and government and everything that's going on right now. But unfortunately, you're not going to win any friends doing that. And we can see that, how the nation gets split on different things. Now, I have my own beliefs about a lot of things. I don't push them off on you. I'll bring them to light and let you decide on whether, you know, what's right and what's wrong. We'll go with that. I never have the final word and the final say in anything. But if you're like most people, the surge of this instant dejection is followed by a swift injection of angered resentment and irritation. How often do you tell someone they're wrong? Most of us do it more than we think and more than we should. And of course, you think you're more subtle, subtle and diplomatic than that. So when you've been told that you're wrong, sometimes it's not blatantly that you're wrong. Sometimes they disguise it as, I'm not sure I agree with that, or there's another way to look at it, or it's just my opinion, but, <laughs> and I think I said that here in the past <clears throat> statement or two. And of course, a healthy disagreement is essential, but not all the same in as 50 different ways of saying you're wrong, a skill many of us has mastered in every industry that I've ever worked at. So imagine your boss, colleague, or partner coming up and saying you're right. What's more is they announce it publicly in front of everyone. You jump a mile high in the air when you finally say that someone has stepped up and said, yes, finally, I'm right on something. Uh, what's more, you all, you feel far more valued than anyone in the room at some times. Happiness is a super spreader, and that single comment carries force and multiplier of effect, and so on and so forth. It's positively contagious. It's a strategy Frank McGuire of Federal Express and KFC used for many years to shift the sales culture. In his book, You're the Greatest, he recounts how this phrase validates people a lot more than we think. Moreover, it improves the bottom line. He argues motivation lasts a short time, but validation lasts a lifetime. Chairman Fred Smith agrees on this approach, not only taught at Federal Express, not just how to communicate, but how we have a heart. Why don't more business leaders engage in a positive reinforcement? After all, we live in a modern era that increases the demands of compassionate leadership, kindness, and empathy. In some cases, preoccupied leaders are unaware of the potential impact that their words have and potential contingencies on positive statements. In other words, if you're right, does that mean that you're wrong? Well, it might. And so what? As a leader, if you constantly boost the level of validation, you're guaranteed three things. 
more friends, more influences, and more satisfaction. So hence the term, or hence the popular phrase that Henry Ford once said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. I think uh, what band is... If you decide not to make a choice, you've still made a decision. I forget what band that is. But, I mean, you know, be a little bit more positive out there. Yes, you're right. I've been out of the mainstream uh, workforce for many years now. and But I know I was a, a manager for a very long time, 200 and some odd employees underneath my helm. I always had an, a, a positive approach to every situation. I never came down and said, you know, we need to get these numbers up. Look, this building and, and all this was going on many years before I took over. I'm just trying to make everyone inside the building a little bit happier doing their job when you have happy people you have more productivity and you don't you find that people don't like kind of cheat out on you if you give a positive atmosphere for them to work in so you're right yes you are right i agree with that and then they shut the door and you go fucking idiot no i'm kidding i'm kidding that's the joke that comes out of me now this family right here the doctor shut the door on them and said they're a fucking idiot New Zealand Health Agency is taking the parents of a four-month-year-old infant to court for refusing life-saving heart surgery if the blood was quote-unquote tainted by the COVID vaccine is going to be used. According to newspaper reports, part of this alarming, dangerous trend is propelled by persistent information about the shot's effect on the blood. So here's what's going on. Tay, let's see, how do we figure out this name? Tay Watu, W-H-A-T-U. Aura, O-R-A, Aura, Tewatu Aura, New Zealand's health service has asked the courts to transfer guardianship from the infant's parents so consent may be given to use donated blood during the necessary open heart surgery. The child's parents are refusing to grant consent for the operations unless blood given by unvaccinated people are used. They describe the vaccinated blood as tainted. New Zealand's blood services says they do not separate or label donated blood by vaccination status, nor there is any evidence suggesting that vaccinated adversely affects the quality of the blood for the transfusion. Any COVID-19 vaccinated blood breaks down as soon as after it's injected, the blood service says. Okay, so that's not a good sign there. I don't want it to break down. I want to stay in my system. Adding that all donated blood is filtered through some filter during processing so any trace amount poses, quote unquote, no risk to the recipients. All right. Now, I understand if you donate blood, they kind of run a, a scan on it to see if there's any kind of AIDS or HIV or anything like that. I'm sure they do some kind of um, screening for blood like that, but they don't screen for COVID vaccinations. What if I had a, what if I growing up, I never got the tuberculosis vaccination. What if I got, never got any kind of vaccination. They don't, I don't think they test for that vaccination type blood because your body is, I don't know, going to make its own later on. I don't know. I don't (laughs) big questions. The issues has created an impasse between the two parties and Sue Gray, the parents lawyer, prominent anti-vaccination campaigner claim the parents are simply demanding better care of the child than what the state is offering and that the state has written them off as conspiracy theories. Paul White, the lawyer representing the health care service, says the application is based on the best interests of the child, according to the Herald, adding that most children with the same condition would have been treated well. Here's what to look out for, how quickly the courts will act. White, pointing to the normal time frame for a treatment described in the case as urgent, The judge set a urgent hearing for next Tuesday following the administration hearing of high court this next Wednesday. Around 100 protesters are gathering outside the court to support their parents' crusade. So here's the thing. I mean, where do you start on that? My kid needs open heart surgery. Okay, great. We'll get the kids open heart surgery. But I don't want that COVID blood. (laughs) I don't want any kind of vaccines and stuff. Now, what are the chances? Whether you've got the vaccine in your blood, right? So you take a thousand people, thousand people, right, that donate blood. Let's say 50% of them got the vaccination, right? Boom, I've got the vaccination, my booster shot, my double booster shot, uh, all that stuff. The other 50% maybe had COVID and created its own antibodies. So are you against the antibodies that normally naturally came out of COVID after someone got COVID? Or are you against the COVID vaccine that they gave people and the booster shot so they wouldn't get the initial COVID-19 strain. You tell me, because I'm confused. Where do you start? Are we going to start sifting blood through um, metal detectors and mineral tapestries to figure out what kind of blood is in there and what that person's doing? What if this person ate hamburgers and cheese dogs and all this bad stuff in its life and the person died and they donated all their blood in their body to science? Am I going to have to sit there and 
say, well, what's the health of the person that gave that blood? Here's another thing. Throwing this out there. Call me crazy. What if a transgender person donated blood? Would you refuse that? I mean, do they put a picture of everybody on the on the you know the bladder of blood that everyone gives? I don't want a transgender blood. I don't want a gay's blood. I don't want a you know whatever blood. I don't want a Lutheran's blood. I don't want a Catholic's blood because their protein and diets are different. I don't want a Jewish person's blood. Give me a break. You know, fix the kid. I can understand you know some things, but this I cannot wrap my head around. All right, guys, when we come back. I can't wrap my head around why my wife won't let me use barbecue sauce on this one item. And, I mean, she literally foot down yelled at me and said, you are not using barbecue sauce on that. And when we come back, I'll dive into that here when we come back. You're listening to Deacon Live right here on Profit Radio. I'll be right back. Listening to Yvette Lopez with her latest song, Die. For more information, check her out over at ProfitRadio.com. Do you know what sucks about internet radio? Absolutely fucking nothing, nothing. Hi, you're on Profit Radio. Who is this? What the hell are you doing, dude? Is this Candace? Candace who? Hey, Candy. Yeah. Hey, how's your day going? Oh, I've got two hours who am I speaking with, please? This is 407 Welcome back to Deacon Live. Make sure you follow us on all your social networks. And the way you do that is go over to Profit Radio, P-R-O-P-H-E-T Radio. Click on social contacts so you can see all the stuff that links us to you, you to us as well. Uh, like I said, I, I was posting some stuff on Instagram. I also, uh, we signed up for TikTok probably a little bit ago. I say a little bit ago, a couple months back. Uh, we only have about maybe 300 followers out there. So if you want to follow us on TikTok, I post a, you know TikTok videos up there if you want to see us here in the studio. Or any of the little weird stuff that we do around here on the property. Uh, you can check that out as well. Make sure you follow us and, and give us a like or two. So we're slowly getting into wintertime right now. And the leaves are falling off the tree. Today's a nice windy, rainy day here in North Carolina. Uh, we broadcast just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. Beautiful little town we like to call Marshville. Uh, we have, uh, we have a, a property here. We have chickens, 22 some odd acres. Uh, we have horses and um, chickens and dogs and, and goats and livestock and all that stuff. We have a full-fledged farm here. And the animals, of course, you know, change their self, their body changes uh, during the, the winter months. An unknown study has shown that this animal actually eats its own brain. And when I say eats, not physically eats, metaphorically eats its own brain. And this might help solving the problem with Alzheimer's. To prepare for the depths of winter when food is scarce, many animals slow down, sleep through the cold, or migrate into warmer holes or locales. Not the common shrew. To survive colder months, the animal, quote-unquote, eats its own brain away, reducing the organ by as much as a fourth, only to regrow much of the brain later on in the spring. The process of shrinking and expanding the brain and other organs within seasons dubbed the dental phenomenon, D-E-H-N-E-L phenomenon, which allows animals to reduce calorie consumption when temperatures drop. Researchers have discovered that seasonal shrinking of the skulls and other animals, including weasels and the most recently moles. The shrew incredible shrinking brain is more than just a biological curiosity. Understanding how these animals are able to restore the brain power may help doctors treat Alzheimer's patients. In the beginning, I couldn't quite grasp it, says John Dirk Nealon, an associate professor of health and science and technology who is now researching drugs designed to mimic the shrew's brain altering chemistry in humans. It was really amazing the way they reacted and the way they responded. Unlike deers and bears, shrews are too tiny to migrate and too hyper to hibernate when winter arrives. They live fast and die young with an average lifespan of a little bit more than a year. Their metabolism isn't set for slowing down. 
This makes the jittery creature awful challenging to study in captivity. The most common shrew is one of few animals with a venomous bite. It emits a nasty odor to potentially deter cats or any other predators. To acclimate the shrews to the season, researchers keep the cages outdoors. We cannot get them to sleep because they can't afford to become unconscious because they will simply starve. The little bastards. Shrew's unorthodox strategy of reducing their brain power may help them save on energy during the wintertime, but it comes as a cost. In a series of experiments involving finding food in a sandbox, larger brain shrews in the summertime outperform the smaller brain counterparts in the wintertime. It's a compromise. You make the brain smaller, you save energy, but you become basically stupid. And what happens next is is even remarkable. In the spring, their brains grow back and their ability to solve the puzzles appear to return again. So they shrink the brain to save on uh, energy and stuff and then regrow it back in the springtime so they can go out there and, and be smart again. Now, my wife, now I like to eat in the wintertime. I hate to, like to eat a lot. I could stand to lose a little bit here, but we're just coming out of Thanksgiving. And my wife does a very, very nice turkey. She does the traditional, bakes it in the oven, and we had a very nice Thanksgiving dinner. And now we've got leftovers. So one night I was laying in bed, and, you know, sometimes you have these dreams, and they're, like, very, very realistic. Uh, I actually was dreaming that I was eating Thanksgiving leftover turkey, mashed potatoes, and all that stuff, but instead of gravy, I was using barbecue sauce. I had a dream about that. And I woke up, and, you know, my wife always says, you know, how did you sleep? And, you know, I check on her, how did you sleep? Because... <coughs> We both deal with sleep issues and high-stress jobs or whatever that makes us not sleep. And I said, well, I had a weird dream. And she was like, well, what's that dream? I said, you know, I woke up and I was craving, you know, turkey breast, turkey breast sandwich or turkey breast whatever. And uh, I want to put barbecue sauce on my turkey sandwich. Now, you would have thought I said, I want to do something incredibly horrible to the turkey. She jumped up out of bed and says, don't you even think about putting barbecue sauce on that turkey. I said, why? She's like, I have worked long and hard to make sure that meal is perfectly fine. And I said, but babe, it's the leftovers. What I can make a freaking birthday cake out of the leftovers if I want. No, you are not putting barbecue sauce on the leftover turkey. And I'm thinking to myself, why? Unfortunately, and I know my wife listens to this, my wife cannot make a good gravy. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I've never made gravy before other than, you know, you take the remnants, you pour flour in the thing, you stir it up, and it's supposed to be almost like a, in my opinion, almost like a, a pancake batter. Nice, a little thick, a little looser than pancake batter, but still, it needs to have some kind of flow. I sat there in the kitchen before any of this happened, and I was trying to make the gravy. My job was to stir in the the wonder. What is it? W-U-N-D-E-R, whatever mix. And I poured in there and mix it and poured in there and mix it, and it just would not solidify. Everything else was fine, but I was like, you know what? This would taste a lot better if I had barbecue sauce on it. I mean, I'm talking just not any fancy barbecue sauce. I'm just talking like the craft barbecue sauce that you can get like buy five for five bucks or something like that. And she went round and round and round. Don't let me catch you putting barbecue sauce or anything on that, that turkey. I've slaved and worked hard and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, going, all right, all right, babe. All right, all right, I won't. But what's the weirdest thing or what's the, after your turkey leftovers come around, what do you make with your turkey leftovers? Uh, we were going to do some kind of cobbler or something, uh, but I'd like to hear what you have uh, come across as far as making with your turkey leftovers outside the barbecue sauce. But if you have a good barbecue sauce turkey recipe, let me know. And the way you do that is go to Profit Radio, P-R-O-P-H-E-T Radio, click on Be Heard, or you can email me at any time at deacon at profitradio.com. All right, guys, stick around a couple more segments, and we'll let you get back to enjoying the rest of your day. You're listening to Deacon Live right here on Profit Radio. I'll be right back. How's your first day go so far? Oh, um, it's, we're doing okay. I was just, uh, Kathy just made lunch. I was just going to start and eat. Oh, what are you having? What? She made, uh, she made ham sandwiches. Oh, nice. What kind of ham? Hard boiled or boiled, cooked? Um, it was dead and she's slice. It was cheese. But she puts, um, 
she puts a little bit of relish in it and she puts miracle whip and she gets um Dan Dan, stop, stop. You've already ruined the sandwich. You put relish and miracle whip? Yeah. Oh just a tiny bit of it. She makes it she makes them taste awful awesome. (laughs) So I think you did a Freudian slip. Uh, yes, there I did. Four oh seven oh seven four four eight four four eight 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 zero zero. Welcome to Prophet Radio's Unnecessary Christmas Music. There's a star there, Starting now. All the way till December 25th. From all of us here at Prophet Radio. Should get one in the back, another two in the head. You get it? It's murder. Happy holiday. Please leave a message. You're listening to Deacon Live. Deacon Live. Deacon Live. And someone will return your call as soon as possible. Thank you. Hot and hot So hot and hurt. So hot and Welcome back to Deacon Live. You want to be heard? Of course you want to be heard. We'd love to hear from you, and you can be part of the show at any time. All you have to do is go over to Profit Radio, P-R-O-P-H-E-T Radio. Click on the Be Heard section. A little blue bar floats around on the page somewhere. Depending on what device and stuff you're listening to us at, you'll see a little blue tab. It's got a microphone on it. It says Be Heard. Opens up a micro. Click on that. Opens up a microphone on. Opens up a microphone. Speak right into it. You can be anonymous if you want comes right to our inbox and we'll play it on this podcast or the very next podcast as well. And don't forget for every podcast we do, we have a matching video. You can see me struggle through some of these articles <laughs> as I read them in, in real time. And just to give you a little background, a little, little insider, uh, as far as the Deacon Live podcast, uh, I leave the mistakes in the pon- in the video portion of the podcast. I do. I leave them in there. So <laughs> you want to see me struggle and uh, figure out what's going on here during the show. Check that out over at YouTube as well. Deacon Live podcast. All right. Now, <clears throat> my dad, who now uh, we've determined that he's going to live in the back backside of the house <laughs> in the dungeon. No, we have a nice house here, and we broadcast just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, a beautiful little town we like to call Marshville. Uh, we have a huge farmhouse, uh, two-bedroom, three-baths. I forget what the numbers is, um, but it's a, big, it's a big house for just me and my wife, my wife and I. So my dad was, um, we were going to build a house on the property, property, the house, uh, got a little bit out of budget, you know, getting all the estimates and stuff. I said, dad, just, just live on in that side of the house. You got a full bathroom over there. We have a community kitchen, you know, it's, it's in the center of the whole floor plan and everything. That's it. Just, just stay there. He's 78 years old, 76 years old. I don't want to age him any more than he is 76 years old. Just, just live there. You know, you can do whatever you want. Uh, if you want to upgrade anything in your room, go ahead. If you want a new bed, new TV, whatever. Just <laughs> that way it's less stress for everyone all the way around. But one of the things is because he's 76 years old, he takes a lot of different medications. And some of those medications this time of year makes him cold, you know, with blood thinners and water pills and all that. So because we are out in the middle of nowhere, um, our heating is propane. Like we have a, a gas stove. Uh, which is all done with propane. Yes, we do have one of those 250-gallon big Tylenol capsule-looking thing on the side of our yard, but our you know, basically we're off. I don't want to say we're off the grid. That's not a good statement to say. Uh, we do have electric, <clears throat> but the trade-off is we're not running electric heat through the year, and the electric prices here in North Carolina are kind of low compared to other locations. Being from Florida, of course, the power bill is a little bit higher in Florida than it is here. But the trade-off is the propane is so much more expensive to heat the house. And now the house, uh, like I said, is about 3,600 square feet, 3,800 square feet. I forget the size of it. And it's just me and my wife and and my dad. So my dad stays on his side of the house and he lives in his own little room there. And my wife and I, have we have an office in the back room on the other side of the house. So it doesn't make any sense or real sense to sit there and heat the whole entire house for every hour that that the main central heat is running, burns about a, a gallon of propane. And you're like, well, that's nothing. Well, a gallon of propane is about $3.79. Just to give you an idea before I dive in this article, 
So what we have in our house is we have those radiator heaters. You know, you plug them in. The old school radiator heaters, they kind of radiate heat as air flow passes around them. You can put one of those in a room and you literally have to turn off. It gets so hot in there. And that's what my dad has one in his room. He's got one in the his hallway going into the bathroom because I don't want him to freeze getting out of the shower. And then we have one in our office area in the, in the other side of the house. <clears throat> now, don't get me wrong. We do have the heat on. You know, if it's 32 outside, we do have the heat on in the house. But the heat is set around like 58, 62, just what they say, knock the chill out of the air. Well, studies have shown right now, is it cheaper to have the thermostat up or using space heaters? Now, this article that I'm going to read is based on if you have an electric heater for your the, the main part of the house. But let's get into it and find out all the details on this. Before you can compare the whole house heating versus space heaters, there are some factors to consider uh, for your own individual home. In October, the U.S. Energy Information Administration said that winter fuels outlook that heating costs will be higher this year, this winter, than recent years. This is because fuel prices are up, but also because of forecasts indicate slightly colder weather coming this year. According to the EIA, heating costs for fuel sources will increase the most for natural gas, but it still will be a cheaper fuel source followed by electricity. Propane and heating oil are the most expensive. There you go. There are many factors that go into a heating bill from your home's fuel source for heat, as well as how you're using the space. But in general, since central heating powered by natural gas is cheaper than heat from electric, heating a large space will cost less than the HVA system that runs on gas. However, the biggest thing to consider when deciding whether to turn up your thermostat or use space heater is whether the goal is to heat a smaller space or larger space in your house. If you're just in one or two rooms, it might make sense to turn down the thermostat and run space heaters in the rooms that you're occupying. If you use multiple space heaters in several rooms, you're much likely not saving much energy versus turning up the whole house heating system. But buying a space heater for every room would increase the electric bill more than if you just bumped up the thermostat uh, a few degrees. Here's why. Most of us pay an average of about 20 cents per hour for a 1,500-watt space heater for an average room size. Over eight hours, that's $1.60 a day or $50 a month. If you are using multiple space heaters, increase that average a month times how many heaters you have in the house. However, the average home racks up about $120 in energy bills each month with about half of that going to cooling and AC. I'm cooling and heating. Sorry. I don't know anyone that pays $120. The age of your appliances, of course, go on and on and on. But $60 pales in comparison. Average cost of using multiple space heaters. So they're saying that your your heating bill or your electric bill goes up about $60. You using electric as to using space heaters but we don't have electric heater we have a propane heater you turn it on flame shoot up and a blower blows over the flames so you also want to consider if you're getting up and moving around a lot you'll be chilly as you move in between colder rooms as those have space heaters and those that do not so what we have in our house my like i said my dad has a radiator heater oil heater doesn't use actual oil it uses the oil in the it's a radiator heater and then we have a radiator heater just outside his room in the hallway and stuff as he comes into the kitchen and then we have a radiator heater in our bedroom. And when I say radio, you can unplug and plug these things. They move around. They work great. They get hot though. Man, do they get hot. And essentially what it is, you ever seen a a lava lamp where there's a light bulb on the bottom and it heats up the coolant or whatever inside the lava lamp and it starts bouncing around and stuff? Same thing with a radiator heater that you plug in. It's got an element in there and it heats up the oil that's inside the, the heater and that moves around and it radiates heat in that room. Man, it gets hot. It does get hot. So for us here on our property, it makes more sense for us to plug in space heaters and not run the main AC or the main heater because like I said, it's it's $3.75 for every hour that thing runs. I told my dad, put some long pants on, put some uh, long shirt on or something. He doesn't listen. He doesn't listen. He still walks around in shorts and and a t-shirt and he's like, oh, it's freezing out here. Dad, (laughs) back in your room, back in your dungeon. No, no, no. He understands now. But like I said, we do keep the the heat on in the house just to take the knock off, knock off the heat a little bit. And uh, he's okay with that. But those cold mornings, man, I think he exaggerates a little bit. He walks around the house like he's freaking elk hunting. He's got his, you know, Fargo hat on and <laughs> big leather, heavy winter jacket on. He's walking around the house and I come out in like my 
house pants and <laughs> my fuzzy slippers. Yeah, what are you doing? I'm sitting there drinking coffee. <laughs> Hunting elk today? Now, this article right here, I saved this for last because I just wanted to show how this lady is wrong. You know, we say don't don't be negative, don't be anything like that. This lady right here is wrong. I'm sorry. And the title goes like this. Woman Sue's Craft claims that Velveeta microwave mac and cheese takes longer to make than advertised. Now, granted, yes, we should hold people accountable for labels that are put on their products. For example, this will grow hair and you put it on your hair or put it on your head and it doesn't grow hair. Yes, you can sue those people. This case right here that's going to court has Kraft Heinz food laughing in their offices. The label of the cup of Velveeta microwave mac and cheese says that the meal only takes three and a half minutes to prepare. But a Florida woman, shocking, says that this is false. She is suing the manufacturer for, get this, $5 million. Amanda Ramirez of Hialeah, that's South Florida, she's looking for a payday, has filed and proposed a $5 million class action lawsuit, so she's only going to get a dollar from this if it goes through, against Heinz Craft Food Group, alleging that the food producer of Velveeta's shells and cheese takes longer than the advertised to prepare. Uh, Attorneys for Ramirez filed a lawsuit in the District Court of South District of Florida on November 18th, according to the complaint. The lawsuit claims that the package on the microwavable single-serve cup of mac and cheese says it will be ready, quote-unquote, ready in three and a half minutes. It's, quote-unquote, false and misleading. So where do we start the time? (laughs) You know, where do we, when it says ready in three and a half minutes... Does that include you walking over to the cabinet, figuring out what you want to eat out of the cabinet or, you know, a snack machine and then putting it in the microwave? Or is it three and a half minutes in the microwave? Let's go on. The product's instructions say to microwave the cup for three and a half minutes. Well, I answer my own question there on that one. But Ramirez's attorney argued that this number does not account for the four steps required to prepare the pasta. This is where it gets stupid. You ready? Remove the lid and sauce pouch. Adding water microwaving, and stirring, according to the court documents. These are all in there. The additional steps means it is impossible for the mac and cheese to be ready in just three and a half minutes, according to the complaint. All right. This is where we're at, people. This is why <laughs> This is why people listen to podcasts. Kraft Heinz Food and Company dismisses the lawsuit as frivolous in a statement. We are aware, this is Kraft talking, we are aware of the frivolous lawsuit which strongly defends against the allegations in the complaint. The lawsuit alleges that Kraft unfairly profits off of false advertising the cups, especially because customers trust the well-known brand to be honest with them. Ramirez, yeah, let's be honest lady ramirez lawyers argues that the company sells the product at a substantial premium price is using the misleading market ready in three and a half minutes which instantly catches the eyes of all reasonable customers no if you are a reasonable customer let's start there if you are a reasonable customer and you think this is going to be ready in three and a half minutes and she's saying that well you have to take the lid off the thing and you have to pull the pouch out let's throw this back on her let's do it me and you all of us here what if it's wintertime and you've got a shrew brain that's <laughs> struck down and you can't figure out how to open the Kraft macaroni and cheese lid? All right. So now the, that's a problem. Is this your first day on the planet? Is the only thing I have to say. <laughs> is this the first day you have not figured out how to take that for literal reason? Now, here's the thing. If it said Kraft macaroni and cheese will make you beautiful in three and a half minutes once you're done eating this, that's a statement that you can go, okay, this is false. But when it says ready in three and a half minutes, I'm sure if you roll it over, it says step one, do this, step two, and then this. And then it says step three, microwave for three and a half minutes, which it does. And it says now you're ready. So what, <laughs> where's the, I don't, I don't understand where that starts. I want something to eat and it takes you five minutes to walk over to whatever you're going to figure out what you want to eat. And then you pick out the macaroni and cheese and then you go, okay, does the time start there? It makes absolutely no sense. Customers are paying more than otherwise would have because of these three and a half minutes claim the lawsuit alleges. Ramirez is like many other customers who seek seek to stretch their money as far as possible when buying groceries. Then you're not buying... You should be buying Kraft macaroni cheese. You should make it at home by yourself. Because of this time claim, she paid more for the product than she would have paid and would have not have purchased it or purchased it or paid less had she known about the truth. 
Okay, let me tell you about something about the truth. No, you are wrong. In addition to the $5 million damage, the plaintiff also seeks punitive damages from Kraft Heinz Food Company asking to cease the deceptive advertising as well as be made to engage in corrective advertising campaign according to the documents. CNN has reached out to the Ramirez family for their more comments and stuff and have not responded yet. So this is where we're at. All right, guys, on that note, I'm going to let you get back to enjoying the rest of your day. Make sure you follow us on YouTube. Make sure you follow us on Facebook. And the way you find these links is to go over to ProfitRadio.com, P-R-O-P-H-E-T Radio. Uh, we appreciate for you doing that. Uh, make sure you subscribe, share, and do all that stuff that links us to you and you as well. And we appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Uh, we really do. My name is Hadika saying Good night. Wait, wait, wait. Come back. This is the end. The absolute end. Écoute-moi.